You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. I'm waiting on you, Lord, and I'm hopeful. Are you hopeful when you wait? Knowing that he's going to make that promise, he says, I'm waiting on you, Lord. He says, though it is painful. And if you're waiting on the Lord for any length of time, you know that pain may be involved. There, there might be pain involved. Sorry, I wish I could tell you all the candy and wonderful stories that there won't be any pain involved. But if you're waiting upon the Lord, there's probably going to be pain involved. But then he says, but patiently, I'll wait. Children often have a hard time waiting patiently for the things they're promised, but it can be hard for adults too. Today, Pastor Dave asks you to consider if you are waiting for God to come through on promises He made to you. He encourages you to continue living your life as you trustingly wait for God to fulfill His promises. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 25 as he continues his message, Accused. this movie that came out in 1963, and I remember it distinctively because we, I was in Miami, Florida, and my dad took me to see it in 1963. It was about the Normandy inver- invasion. It was about D-Day, and it was called The Longest Day. And everybody who was a star at that time was in this movie. You've probably seen it a hundred times because every time you turn around, it's on TV again, you know, especially around Memorial Day and around the, the Ver- Veterans Day and those kind of things. Anyhow, The night before the invasion took place, all these paratroopers went over to France and landed, and all these commandos went over in gliders, and they would land, and they were supposed to do specific jobs when they got over to France. Their job was to secure bridges or secure things and and hold them so that when the advancing forces from the um, beaches could get there, they would link up, and they would help them get there. Well, one group, one glider group, was commanded by this, um, this British general or this British captain or whatever, and they were supposed to go to this bridge. And it was a strategic bridge, and they needed to hold the bridge because they were afraid the Germans were going to blow up the bridge, which would hold up their crossing in. But they were told, you have to hold this bridge. And I specifically remember that when the commander or of this commando group was in front of his commanding officer, the general, the general kept on saying how imperative it was that they kept this bridge. And he kept on looking at the guy and saying, hold until relieved. Hold until relieved. And he said that over and over and over. And as the guy was on the glider, and they're gliding over the, the English Channel, he's sitting there, and you see him thinking to himself, and you hear the general's words, hold until relieve, hold until relieve. And they land, they have this great big fight with all the Germans, and they capture the bridge, and he's kind of looking up, and all of a sudden he stops, hold until relieve. And that's all you hear. And the next day, there's no sign of the advancing troop, and the Germans are coming all around them, and it looks like they might be overrun. And he hears, hold until relieve. That was his mantra. That's what he did. Now, why did I tell you that? It's a great question. <laughs> when I became a Christian, I started reading and studying the Word of God. And as I read and studied the Word of God, the Bible became alive to me. And I came across this verse in Luke 19, 13. And I was reading the old King James. 
my big old King James version of the Bible. And as I read that, Jesus is talking about his return to earth. He's talking about when he comes back. He's talking to the disciples. And at the end of of, of 1913, Jesus says, in the original King James, occupy until I come. Hmm. He says, occupy until I come. Now, in the new King James, it says, do business until I come. Same kind of idea. Well, all I could think about was this movie. Oh, I can think about this movie, and now we have this, this, this message from Jesus, occupy until I come, occupy until I come, occupy until I come, hold until you're relieved. One commentator said this, now this is the word of Jesus to the waiting church, occupy till I come. And it's really cool here, because the Greek word, it's a long one, it's pragmatio omahi, say that six times, which basically means busy oneself. It means busy oneself. So here, we know the Lord is speaking about his return, which is one of his promises to us is that he will come again. A promise that we are still waiting to be fulfilled. In fact, we think it's getting ever closer and closer and closer. In fact, some of us always pray, Maranatha, please, Lord, come quickly. We are to do business until he comes. We are to hold until we are relieved. We're not to sit back and say, well, you know, the Lord's coming. There's no sense in finishing my education. The Lord's coming. There's no sense of me going into a business venture because the Lord's coming. There's no sense of me doing this. There's no sense of me doing that. But I think I'll go out and charge up my charge accounts because the Lord's coming. It's not what he's saying. We're not to live our lives predicated upon the Lord's coming in a particular span of time, but we're to occupy until he comes, yet anticipating that he may come at any minute. And we need to be ready when he comes. We need to be ready when that, when that trumpet sounds. We need to be ready. And being ready means we've accepted Christ's sacrifice. Being ready means we're, we're, we're born again and we're ready to be in the kingdom. We've, we've declared his kids by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are born again from above, born by the Spirit. The Spirit is dwelling in us, leading us and guiding us and showing us what we need to be doing. Occupy till I come. We don't just sit down and say, okay, Lord, we're just going to wait now. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's have a glory meeting and a hallelujah meeting, and we'll just sit here and wait all the day long. Back in the day, I remember when they used to have the signs, the end is near. And as soon as somebody saw the sign, a group of them would go up in the mountain and camp out. Occupy until I come. Hold until you're relieved. Hold. Be about my business. Now, take this from there. And drop it down on a personal level. Has the Lord given you a promise that he has not fulfilled yet? Do you have various promises of God in your life for ministry, for life, for a mate, for, for all kinds of things? I don't know the promises that the Lord may give to you on an individual level. But he has certainly given to all of us promises and stuff like that. Maybe he's called you into something to do. Maybe, maybe something with your family or whatever promise it is. We know that in him is yes and amen. And we know that he will eventually fulfill that promise. We don't know the time. We don't know when that promise is going to be fulfilled. But we know he will fulfill the promise. So what are we going to do? We're going to go about our business. Declaring his name. Declaring his worth. We're going to trust in him that he is going to complete the promise. We're going to go about our business with confidence in the Lord. That's the Apostle Paul. Paul has confidence in Christ. He doesn't have confidence in himself. He has confidence in Christ. It's Christ's job to complete the work, not Paul's job. Christ will use Paul by the Holy Spirit to do the work, 
But Christ is doing the work. Matthew Henry said that all Christians have business to do for Christ in this world. I love that. So we wait patiently upon the Lord. But you know what? We get weary. We get anxious. And we even get defeated. And sometimes we're accused of wrongdoing when we're really innocent. And we say, how long must I wait, O Lord? How long must I wait? Please give me the strength to wait. You got to love Isaiah. You got to love the guy when he comes up with something like Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What are you waiting on? Are you waiting on the Lord to fulfill that promise? Are you doing the things that he wants to do? Well, I want to go into ministry. The Lord has called you into ministry. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do this, this, this. Well, you should be doing it right now. See, the Lord just doesn't all of a sudden put you in the ministry and all of a sudden you become this minister. You're doing it all along and there's just a natural move into the ministry. It's just a natural move. It's not something that, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to wait until he puts me in ministry. I've got news for you. If you're born again, you're in ministry. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're in ministry. The Lord is going to give you strength by the Holy Spirit to do. He will never, ever ask you to do something that he will not give you the power to do it by the Holy Spirit. We need the trust of the Holy Spirit. So much of us want to do the work by ourselves. The Holy Spirit, you sit right there. I'll be right back. We leave the Holy Spirit behind. And we wonder why the work is so hard to do. And we wonder why we get so weary. And we wonder why we get so discouraged. It's because we left the Holy Spirit sitting back there. I love him because he just sits there and says, anytime you're ready, I'm ready to go. But we leave him sitting back there and said, okay, come on, Spirit, you lead, I'll follow. Remember we're supposed to follow Jesus? This is where the Apostle Paul is. He's in a waiting mode. He's waiting. He's waiting on the Lord to do something mighty in Rome. He's waiting. He had to wait with Felix, and now he's waiting with Festus. But, you know, as we look at verses 12 and th- uh, 10 and 12, we see Paul once declaring he's innocent of these charges. Festus wants to bring him back to Jerusalem. He wants to do Jews a favor. Get him back on the ground where the Jews are. Paul said, I'm not going back there. Look at Paul's reply. So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I've done no wrong, as you very well know. See, he says, Festus, you know I'm innocent. You know that these charges are false and they cannot be proven. But he says, if I am offended or have offended, or if I've committed anything deserving of death, he says, I don't object to dying, but there's nothing in these things which men accuse me and no one can deliver them to me. I appeal to Caesar. This takes Festus back. It was every Roman citizen's right to appear before Caesar when accused. Every Roman citizen wanted to appear before Caesar. Festus has no choice. But to say, you want to go to Caesar? You're going to Caesar. Realizing that he would not receive a fair trial with Festus. Paul now takes a very bold and brave step when he says, I appeal to Caesar. He knows that once he gets to Rome, he can further proclaim the gospel. He further can be an ambassador for Christ. Paul knew that the Lord would have him testify in Rome. So now, being led by the Holy Spirit, remember, don't worry about what you're going to say. Being led by the Spirit, Paul opens his mouth and said, I appeal to Caesar. Now, some people believe that Paul should have waited on the Lord and allowed the Lord to move in these circumstances. But 
Many of us believe that it was the Holy Spirit prompting that allowed Paul to do this. He was using the provisions that God had given Paul. What did he give Paul? His Roman citizenship. It was Paul's ace in the hole. It was Paul's wild card. So now with Festus' words, you want to go to Caesar? You're going to Caesar. All roads lead to Rome. Woohoo! This must have been exciting. You know, after being maligned by the Jews and being having his life threatened constantly, Paul has a satisfaction of knowing that the Lord loved him and continued to be with him even after two years. And I'll tell you, when the Lord answers that promise that you've been waiting on, it's just a wonderful feeling knowing that, that he answers those promises to you. Answers those promises. I love it. Paul probably thought, yeah, this is it. I am now going to Rome. Not so fast, Paul. He's going to be asked to stand before yet another king. He's not going to Rome yet. He has one more audience that he has to make. And we're going to study that next week. He has has to make it before King Agrippa. He has to stand there before the king, and he has to go through the entire thing once again. But but there's some amazing things that happen here. We'll, We'll study that in the next couple of weeks. I guess I have to ask, how do you wait upon the Lord? You know, how we wait upon him is very, very important. Where is the faith that you have? Where is the faith that you proclaim? Do people see that faith in you when you're waiting on the Lord? Or do they sing a nervous Nelly? See somebody who's real anxious about the promises of God, who can't sit still, wondering, what do you got to do? How am I going to do? Or are you waiting? Waiting patiently that the the Lord would would guide you and lead you into this beautiful thing that he has prepared for you. Remember, God has prepared before the foundations of of, of the earth works that we might walk in, works that we've been ordained to do. I have no idea what they are for you, but it's our job to find out what they are. We don't know. You passively sit around and wait, okay, Lord, you know, I know you want me to have a job, but hey, that phone will ring and I'll get that job. What do you do? Or do you keep yourself busy for the kingdom? Do you busy yourself with the kingdom of God's work, doing God's work until he comes? Occupy till I come. Do business until I come. Hold until you're ready. When these guys held that bridge, there was a lot of action there. There was a lot of action there, and some of them even died. But they held that bridge. They held until they're relieved by the oncoming group. And we're the same one. Some of us will go to be with the Lord before the Lord comes back. Some of us will go on. But we must hold until we are relieved, until the Lord comes and gets us. We must occupy this area until we come. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We must have the Holy Spirit within us. You must be trusting in the Holy Spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit. We have to hold this earth until we leave and do those things which the Lord has shown us to do. And it might be different for all of us, but yet collectively, it might be one or two things. Going about God's business, what's his business? Sharing the love of Christ with others. Being other-centered, looking for people we can serve. Doing random acts of kindness here and there. Helping someone. Every once in a while, I'm in line at Wawa, and I get this crazy urge in me, and I go, come on, Lord, I get this crazy urge that I'm supposed to buy the gut person here, buy their coffee or buy whatever they have. And I'll do that. And I get the strangest looks like, what? What are you doing? It's so cool. And I just say, God bless you. Have a great day. And the Lord leads you into doing crazy things, it looks like. But, you know, it's so, we're occupying until he comes. We're, we're sharing the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you realize this, but we live in a pretty fallen world. Our world's going downhill fast, folks. And our nation is in the midst of it. 
we're going downhill. We need to shine the light of Jesus Christ into the midst of this. And now there's a great push. There's a great push because even great evangelists like Billy Graham and those people are talking about the end times and how it's closer now than it's ever been before and how prophecies are being fulfilled left and right and we can see the end drawing near as things start to mount up. But I don't know about you, but I have friends who I want to get saved. I have loved ones who I want to see come in the kingdom. I can't sit back passively and wait. I've got to actively occupy until I come. I've got to let them know that Christ loves them and Christ died for them. I've got to let them know that, that they're welcome into the kingdom just as they are. Just as they are. Why? Because that's how Christ took me. Christ took me in my sin. He took me in my degradation. He took me in my worst moment. It was him that cleaned me up. Again, he did the work. He did the work. All I did was say, yes, I have faith and believe. That's what it's about. How, how do you wait for God? We're all in a waiting period, so to speak. We're all waiting for something. I'm going to leave you with one of my most favorite songs that had such, a, such an impact on me. It had such an impact on me because it came out right around the time, right in the year or so before I, I came down here. And I had just retired from school teaching because I knew the Lord wanted to do something mighty. And I didn't know what it was, but I was waiting on him. I had been, like I said, I'd been waiting for 17 years. And again, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when I get, we actually in Acts 26 is my life verse, the verse that called me into the ministry. And we're going to talk about that. But as I'm waiting, and I heard this song over and over and over, and it's haunting to me. It's a haunting song, and it's popular. It's by John Waller. And it's called, I'm, Why I'm Waiting. He says, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you, Lord, and I'm hopeful. Are you hopeful when you wait? Knowing that he's going to make that promise, he says, I'm waiting on you, Lord. He says, though it is painful. And if you've waiting on the Lord for any length of time, you know that pain may be involved. There, there might be pain involved. Sorry, I wish I could tell you all the candy and wonderful stories that there won't be any pain involved. But if you're waiting upon the Lord, there's probably going to be pain involved. But then he says, but patiently, I'll wait. Occupy till I come. I will move ahead bold and confident, taking every step in obedience. I love that. I'm not going to sit passively around with my hands crossed, my arms folded, saying, okay, Lord, thrill me. I'm going to move ahead. I'm going to take a step in confidence, boldly go to those places where the Lord leads me, boldly serve him while I'm waiting. He says, while I'm waiting, I want to serve you. While I'm waiting, I'm going to worship you. I'm not going to faint. I'm going to run the race even while I wait, he says. Listen to the second verse. While I'm waiting, I'm waiting on you, Lord, and I am peaceful. When you wait on the Lord, are you peaceful? Are you washed by God's ever-ending peace? Do you have a peace about you when you wait on the Lord? You know, that's hard sometimes. It's hard when you know what the Lord has called you to do and you're waiting for the time to do it. And then he says, I'm waiting on you, Lord, though it's not easy. Oh, I love that. Though it's not easy. You're right. You've been there, done that, John. You're right. It's not easy. He said, but faithfully, there it is, faithfully I wait. Faithfully I wait. I place my faith, my trust in Jesus Christ. He began the work. He's going to finish the work. I'm waiting on him. Again, I will move ahead, bold and confident, taking every step in obedience. At the end... He says these things, I will serve you while I'm waiting. I will worship while waiting. Wow. That's how you wait for the Lord. That's how you wait for these grand promises, whether it be him coming again to take us home 
or whether that big thing or that wonderful promise that he's given to you, when you're waiting for that to come to fruition, we serve him, we worship him. I love that. You know, one of my most favorite movies, I'm a movie buff, yeah, I give up. One of my most favorite movies is Facing the Giants. But what I really like about that movie is when they, when they realize they can't have kids, when they realize that they can't have children, and one of the things they say to each other is, will you still worship him and serve him even if we can't have children? And they look at each other and go, yeah, with tears in their eyes because the pain is there. They go, yeah, we'll serve him. Wow. I guess the question is, if that, never big, if that big promise that God has promised you never comes true in your lifetime, will you still worship him and will you still serve him? Wow. It's the only way to wait for the Lord, worshiping and serving. Patiently, confidently, obediently, boldly, and as painful as it may seem, as painful as it may seem, we need to worship him. We need to bow before him and say, I'm yours regardless of what happens. I'm yours. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be good. It may not be what I want exactly, but it's going to be good. If the promise never comes, I'm with you, Lord. I am here with you, before you, and I serve you. I declare my love for you, and nothing's going to change that. Why? Because nothing's going to change his love for me. And I accept that. Wait upon him, and then your strength will be renewed. Wow. That's how we wait. So you might be accused, you might be innocent, but in that waiting period, know that the Lord is with you, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has a work for you to do, and that work might be waiting. That might be the very work that he's called you to do, to wait faithfully and be a witness of me. God's love, never ending, never failing, always coming towards you, day by day, hour by hour, always for you. I want to end today with a true story of waiting, a true story of waiting that just came to fruition. I just, right before service began, found out with sadness and with great joy that our beloved Jean, Jean has finally entered into the kingdom of God and is now face-to-face with our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know in my heart, I know in my heart that the first thing he heard was, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I know that. So yet we mourn because we are human and we will miss our fellowship and we will miss him. I will miss his bright, cheery face. I will miss him looking at me and going, I'm still here. I will miss that greatly. But we rejoice because we don't mourn like those who don't have hope. Oh, we have hope in a beloved Savior who has died for us that we might have eternal life with Him. Our time with you is running short for today's edition of A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave will continue this journey through the book of Acts when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We'd encourage you to download these messages so they are available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always a time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. 
Those short breaks could be filled with the study of God's Word and the uncovering of treasures from its verses. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, gaining access to the latest messages as soon as they're posted. Find out more at assurehoperadio.com. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. And we offer nursery and Sunday school where your children will be well cared for as they learn about the love of Jesus. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Acts. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you'll discover Jesus working in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this New Testament book right here on A Sure Hope.